All right. You ready? Yeah. All Are right. we on? We're yeah, we've been on. Oh, all right. <laughs> Welcome to Unsuccess. <laughs> Where we can fly twice as high. <laughs> Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. And I'm reading David Rainbow. Libby. Huh? And reading Rainbow. And reading Rainbow. I miss reading Rainbow. <laughs> I think it's back. I think LeVar Burton's still, still there. Cranking those out. Um, and I'm Josh Hawk. Yeah. And we're so excited to have here today one of our favorite guests from the past. How many of these have we done? Like 40? One of our favorite guests. I mean, I thought you were talking about Shiana and then her husband. I'm Steven. much more excited about Shiana than I am. Stephen. Yeah, but we got have Stephen and Shiana Dilworth. Dilworth and uh, his wife Shiana here today. Ste- thanks, <laughs> thanks for being here, both of you. Stephen was way back on episode no season one. I don't even remember <laughs> what we talked about. Talk about youth dynamics. That was back youth when you ministry. were with another. Yeah, yeah. We were. Uh, we kept referencing that as the craziest episode we had until the Matt and McCain one. And they they put you to shame with how off the wall it got. No, but we I Stephen. Did you guys is, just challenge him with Stephen? Yeah. If Steve, you way to go. if you want to make this one crazy, that's that's totally fine. Uh oh. So Josh, what are we going to talk about with them? All right. Well, first off, thank you two for coming on our amazing podcast. You're welcome. I really think the only reason that I'm here is because you wanted my wife here and then I was brought along with. 100%. Well, I... I, Well, maybe. That's not (laughs) wrong. (laughs) Uh, No, so you two two have an organization um, called Breathe, Breathe, Pray, pray, Worship. worship. It's confusing. Okay. All right. I'm just going to call it out. So Stephen now works for BPM because people matter. Not to be confused with BPW, Breathe, Pray, Worship. So because people matter is just like an upside down Breathe, Pray, Worship. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, No, I I love I love the premise. I love your guys's story. Um, So talk a little bit. Um, I'll ask Shiana. Shiana, what's the like the mission and vision of Breathe, Pray, Worship, and how did it come about? Well, it came about um, from our individual stories of going through our divorces. Um, we were going through the toughest times of our lives. Um, divorce sucks. Like, that's just plain and simple. Um, and we were really struggling, and we came up with this mantra, um, breathe, pray, worship, because, um, there were days that you just, we didn't even want to continue. Didn't want to even get out of bed. You don't want to do anything. And in order to just feel like you succeeded in something, we just had to breathe. You just have to like today I continued to breathe and we just said, okay, that was a win. I continue to breathe. And then from there, you can pray. And even if that's just screaming, <laughs> because, because you have breath in your lungs, you can scream. And you can scream and yell and be pissed, and that's fine, but you're doing it. 
And then you can worship. You can worship the fact that the sun came up today. Like, hey, it's a new day and I get to be, I get to breathe (laughs) and I get to pray and be mad because that's where I'm at. But you can worship the simple things. And then you realize that you've taken the next day and you've taken the next day and all of a sudden a week's gone by and then a month's gone by and you've healed just a little bit. And then it doesn't suck quite as much as it did last week or last month. And we just kept going and we did this together and we went our journeys together and it was kind of crazy. Wow. Oh, that's so good. I love, I love the idea of, uh, just, just taking another breath and, and focusing on the fact that you're, um, like the entire chaos of life. You, you can't control it. Everything is as bad as it could possibly be but I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still present. Um, I feel like in a much smaller way, I'm hearing, uh, currently a lot of that same sentiment from people who are struggling because of, you know, what the world is right now. Um, and so I think that's just a really, really, really good message for so many. Yeah, with Breathe Prayer Worship, we definitely, like, it came out of our story of divorce, right? And so it's really about emotional trauma and healing from that. And our story is, you know, divorce, brokenness of home, mm-hmm. ruined expectations, but there's other emotional trauma, and, and we're seeing, you know, that a lot. Our The number of people we've ended up having conversations with since COVID, whether it's losing jobs, single moms, um, military spouses with their deployed you know, yeah. and, and they're having to figure it all out on their own. Now, like husband or wife is deployed overseas or in a training thing. And I'm not really a single mom, but I am a single mom and schools are out and what. And so, so emotional trauma definitely spans like all of it. We, we try not to minimize anything. Our story and, and our practices came from divorce, but. Right. So tell us a little bit about that. I, I find it so fascinating, so healing, so great that you two have been as open as you have about the um the difficulties and the struggles of your divorce, but the um the story itself, I feel like in the church um divorce is such a taboo topic that like people just don't talk about and it's such a such a shame-filled topic, and yet um, it affects and impacts so many within the church. So here's I, I want to tag onto that. The thing that and this is what I think really separates breathe pray worship uh, separates them from everything else is Stephen. I think this is something you said. Probably Shiana said it, and then you just took credit for it. Um, <laughs> But the fact that yeah. in in the church, I mean, divorce, it's still the numbers are still astronomically high. You know, it's not that much different than than the world. Um, but that there's grace for people who have been divorced. 
right. there's not grace for people who are going through divorce. Right. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I, I wow. Any of the taboo sins that the church has, right? If you were an alcoholic, that's fine as long as you were an alcoholic. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But if yep. you are like, I'm in church and I am an alcoholic. Oh, 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 right. Mm-hmm. And and that our biggest thing, and where it really came out of it, and we talk about the ministry of presence a lot, is you have to be present with people in their brokenness, right? There's this. We're even at a point. We've been remarried now for a while. You guys are perfect. You have the perfect marriage, right? Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> perfect. But it's one of those perfect. <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Th- I was I was a pastor when I went through my divorce, right? So it's the failed pastorship beyond just you know. I mean, uh, that's the worst of the worst, and people wanted to take me out and stone me, excommunicate me. I mean, all and then others like, oh, free whatever. But when people are going through the emotional trauma. Like it's their worst moment. And that's when the church ought to be showing up. Mm -hmm. And yet in the moment it's weird, right? It's taboo. It's messy. We don't know how to do that, but you know, I, I was a at risk kid too. So as long as I'm in the church and, oh, I love Jesus and, oh, I used to be bad, but then I met Jesus and now we live happily ever after. That's okay. But how do you love people in the midst of the mess, the muck, the the addiction, the divorce, the anger issues, or uh, the other just going on right now that we're seeing and escalating around is mental health, mm-hmm. right? I mean, anxiety, depression is on the rise, and and oh well, you just need to believe in Jesus more. Yeah, there it it seems like um, that people are concerned that they're going to get their mess on on them. Like if I'm near you or if I support you while you're going through this, like if I support you while you're going through a divorce, your divorce is going to cause my marriage to suffer. And I actually had that happen. Like when I had some friends that found out that I was going to, they just straight ghosted like, bye. Mm. I'm like, whoa. All right. Thanks for that. Like they just couldn't, they were not around. They just were gone. But as soon as they found out that I had remarried, they, they showed back. back up again. I'm like, cause now I'm remarried and that's fine. Like now that I'm in a marriage again, your marriage is safe. This is, it's like, they feel like it's contagious. Oh God. These messes are contagious yeah, and it's not whole side topic on the idolatry of marriage in the Christian church. Uh, but yeah, but they, I mean, it's, and it goes for all of these messes that people, um, don't see as taboo, right? Mm-hmm. They, the, the alcoholism, the addictions, the emotional traumas that people are going through that they do need support through. Um, the church is really good at showing up when there's a, um, like a physical trauma. Mm. Um, you know, they go visit you in the hospital or, um, if somebody passes away, um, because there's, they know that there's not something that they can do for that. There's, there's doctors or there's, you know, there's going to be a service they can show up, but when there's a divorce, they just, that's, 
that's not my thing. And they just back away. Wow. Yeah. I remember I was sitting and having a conversation with, um, uh, a guy who was going through divorce and he chose it too. So there's some ownership of it, but the idea, and he was just completely broken. And the idea of like, if you break your leg, someone's going to show up at your doorstep with a casserole, right? They're not going to try to fix your leg. First of all, right. They're going to leave that to the doctors. We're going to leave that to the professionals, but they're going to show up and say, Hey man, that sucks. I can't fix your leg. Here's a casserole. We love you. And, and I just asked him like, what would it have meant for you going through your divorce? If somebody showed up from the church with the casserole with the casserole and said, I can't fix this. But here's a casserole. We love wow. you. And and this is a guy who doesn't express a lot of emotion, like literally like beginning to weep. And he's just like, that would have meant everything. Mm. And why is it so hard to show up? And it's like, well, if if we show up for someone going through a divorce and we know that, well, God hates divorce, like maybe people will think I'm okay with divorce or like, it's this weird. No, you're okay with people. Like you love people. It's not the the things but, but yeah, like, why do we not have a casserole ministry for people going through emotional trauma in the church? Yeah, yeah. So, so, am I am I hearing you say like we're afraid of endorsing something, so we won't care for the people because yeah. we're we're scared that it's going to be seen as. The condoning like it or condoning something. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so yeah, wow. that, and I mean, you've gotten, you've gotten some criticism for that. They're yeah. like, wait, you're, you're okay with divorce. Yeah. Well, we, and we've actually gotten, we got, um, pushback or, um, when we were starting up our, our nonprofit, we, um, we got some questions from our board. Some of the, mm-hmm. um, some of the members of the board were, so are you encouraging people to get mm-hmm. divorced? You're not, you're not going to try and save marriages. No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's not that we're going to try and encourage people to get divorces. Divorce sucks. Divorce is not ever plan A. That's not your plan A. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're not going to like, okay, so we're going to set this for five years and then five years day one, we're going to sign those divorce papers and we're going to set. No, that's not anybody's plan. A guys Right. like, no, but, but if, if your situation is such that it is not, it's worse to be in that marriage than it would be to get out. Then, then that's what you do, and and then we're gonna walk th- with people through that. I mean, it's you don't stay in an abusive marriage, and because it's the proper thing to do, you don't teach your kids that. But a lot of people do. I, I mean, yeah. a, I mean, people do yeah. because they've got all these people around them that that throw at them. God hates marriage. You, you stick it out. You do that. I mean, and if they just had one person in their corner that said, I will walk next to you yeah. through this and support you. Right. Re- regardless. It, right. Right. Like, right. And, and that was the, the big thing with us. It was that, that presence. We're going to be present with people going through divorce. 
Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, so are you going to try? Like, no, if, if they reach a point where they're like, hey, we, we decided we want to work on our marriage. Like there's, there are a, a gazillion <laughs> marriage recovery programs, marriage yeah. recovery books, how to save your marriage. Like every and, other church has one of those. <laughs> right. And every so, set. <laughs> so we can, we can like, oh, great. I know people who are doing, that. I know yeah. amazing people who are doing that. I yeah. can help connect you to that. Like, but that's, if that's where you're going, but if, yeah. If you're like, no, we're done and we're going through a divorce, whether you want it or like, I'm still fighting for my marriage, but they're gone and, and you're just stuck with it based yeah. off someone else's choice. Like we're going to walk next to you. We're going to answer the late night phone calls. We're going to, you know, encouraging memes. We're just going to be present, whatever that looks like. What I mean, maybe that's showing up with that family and helping to decorate their Christmas tree, their first divorce. Uh-huh. right? Cause it sucks. And every holiday sucks worse, right? Every first, that first year, it's like, Oh, it's the first Christmas being separated. Oh, it's the first birthday being separated. Oh, it's the first yeah. anniversary. Like the, yeah. that first year. I, I love, man, I love that image of the casserole still like that. That's yeah. my, that's a huge takeaway. Like, so what year you, you're not, proclaiming or trying to be the doctor like we've got no. plenty of doctors but we are or you, you're showing up with the casserole yeah yeah i i mean i've had some training and some kind but i'm not the professional i'm not going to come in and be able to fix this yeah um i we we just yeah. believe and and not even just us what we really want is to see this become a movement where yeah. people in the right. church are are yeah. scanning the congregation on a sunday morning virtually now i don't know how that works now um <laughs> but you know and they see oh there's a person who's hurting yeah i'm just gonna go be with them but but intentional that we actually come eyes open and just show up and and we say a lot friends don't should on friends so that's s-h-o-u-l-d in case i don't enunciate well <laughs> is a lot of times, like, oh, well, honey, you're going through. You know what? You really need to. You need to just dress sexier and take him out on a date, and then he'll love you again. Oh, you need to do the five oh, love gross, languages, dude. Oh, you there's should. Like, you know, and there's and tons we of, should. but there's tons of shooting. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, you should just. Oh, you yeah. should just. And, and it's it's hard. I remember reaching a point. I just I broke it at the. I was like, you know what? You all should do. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should shut the. <laughs> I mean, I was just done yeah. being shooted. I'm gonna give you a great example. Yeah. Of teaching people not to should, okay? Mm-hmm. I did not tell, my my ex-husband and I did not tell our families that we were getting a divorce until our papers were finalized. Uh. Because we did not want our families telling us what we should and should not do. Uh-huh. We literally turned on our papers and we, I mean, we filled them out together. It was very amicable. Like we did all the stuff. We sat down, did it together. It was amicable. It was great. We turned them in. Then we told our families what we were doing. And they, I mean, literal explosions. Wow. Like it was terrible. And I looked at them. I looked at my family. He looked at his. And we said to their faces, this is why we did it the way we did. Because you all are trying to tell us what we should do. Right, you and should it go is, after them for this. You should get all the money. You should why, this. You should. I mean, like this is not, we just did this mm. as best we could do for our child. 
there was no fight, no nothing. Just, why are you shooting on me? Mm. And they all took big step back and realized, okay, we are, we do have a kid. And you're right. Like, but it was a big, Mm. you know, wake up call for people. It definitely gets hard to be present without like messing it up. And and I still think I get in a trap because naturally we're also curious beings. And so if I'm with someone who's going through something that's broken or whatnot, like, tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is that about Mm -hmm. their healing? Is that about supporting them? No, that's about my selfish desire to satisfy my curiosity. Right. And so that's probably like, that's one of the biggest things I check. If I'm coming alongside someone, I'm like, okay, it's not about like, what happened? What, what did you say? Why didn't you do that? Like, okay, I, I don't need my curiosity satisfied. They just need somebody with them. And if they feel like talking, great. If they feel like shooting pool and not talking or whatever, you know, uh, just being present. That's why we call them practices too. Because, yeah. I mean, it's the same way like with the doctor. You're constantly practicing. I mean, it's right. a practice, not, mm. you know, because right. we're it's, working at it constantly. It's like a muscle. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, man, I, I think, I think there's so much good to, to come out of what you all are doing and, and just raising within the church. I, I think of how much, um, hurt and pain and difficulties and needs can come out of divorce and, and long-term ones, Josh, you've been very open about, uh, you, you had your accident. It's been three years now, four, oh, three, three, three years. And there's still significant issues coming out of that where we've been well past casserole time for so long. Um, yeah. But with, with that, I mean, because I like to make everything about me, I had lots of casseroles. We had right. we had food for two months straight, and yeah. I had hundreds of people visit me in the hospital. But had it been a you know an emotionally traumatic, I mean, it was emotionally traumatic. Yeah, and that's when that trauma then set in. It felt so isolating. Months later, you know, like where where are all those people? You know, when I'm when I'm standing on the bridge looking over, you know, like where are those hundreds of people? Where are the casseroles right. in, in that moment? And we just society, we don't, we don't know what it's uncomfortable. Well, and so and I'm we don't thinking, know what to do. I'm thinking with that, like for the next five, six, seven, eight years post-divorce, you're talking about uh, things like I've been with someone now I'm alone. I I'm navigating yeah. the dating world again. Maybe I've been married for 20 years and now I like I'm, I'm single and looking at date. I've got a kid or I've got multiple kids and I'm, I'm flying solo now. Um, I like, there's a whole lot of shame. There's the thought that people are talking about me or thinking things about me and I can't control that. Um, Divorce is an inherently public thing, like like everyone knows, and it's it's not the kind of thing you can really take on alone because it's noticeable. I I remember hearing um 
like the the comments people get in churches about where where are the kids and like it's just small talk but you well they're with my ex you idiot like what are <laughs> but but you have to take on those things how many years you're going through stuff like that and how difficult it is i've never once having been a christian my whole life heard of an organization a church anyone tackling any of these things yeah well and and a couple things i want to make sure we clear one is i do believe that like there is a healthy out of this which is why we do this Mm -hmm. it's not just oh we're going to be with you in your brokenness and you have to stay broken forever congratulations you got a divorce you're now handed a life sentence of your life has to suck because you failed god yeah um so our we're the the phrase really is that we're going to be present with people through brokenness through healing and into healthy because i do think there's a healthy and and our big push for us doing the work to get healthy was i I had four kids shanna had taylin so together we got five kids and and i knew i needed to be healthy for my kids Mm. I felt like a lot of my life was robbed by the divorce that I didn't want it to be, you know, just an end. And, and I'd seen a lot of people go through it badly, you know, lose themselves in the bottle, lose themselves in just anger and, 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 oh, it's all them. It's all them. And, and so we decided like, we, we have to do the work is, which is one of our practices, do the work. What the work looks like is different for everyone, but you know, we've been remarried now for six years everything looks good we're going back to counseling next month because there's still some long-term effects mm-hmm. and and you were talking about you know six years later it's like oh i i'm, I'm past my grief i figured it out i'm i'm healthy mm. and this this stuff just it figures out how to like come back around and bite you in the butt after you thought like oh i finally passed that <laughs> right yeah. like you know <laughs> and and so things the other thing that happens like you settle into a new normal and just because it's a new normal doesn't always make it a new healthy. Mm. And, and so there's little things and, and some challenges. And I mean, COVID also like, so we, we're still not just, Hey, this is what you all should do. We've been married. We are going back to our number one practice, do the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're going to go and, and do some marriage counseling and, and talk through some stuff and make sure that we're not just assuming things of each other or, you know, all of that. And, because we do believe that healthy is possible. Mm. Um, and so we're we're committed for our kids and each other and and even God. I'm still engaged in missional work, you know, in the community. I'm I, my life isn't done and I, I'm not sentenced to a life mm. of suck because I went through a divorce. Um I, I you, think you thought that though for a while, didn't you? Oh like, yeah. Oh man, dude, the the self shaming of failure. I mean, yeah. I was at my house, like, was the neighborhood friend house. My boys would have, like, 15 people over at the house on a Friday night, right? So I was I was a coach. I was, like, the neighborhood dad. I was pastor and all of that. Like, I failed it all, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I failed at being a dad. I failed at being a pastor. I assumed I would never be in ministry again because that's just gone. Um, and that's why you're on the Unsuccess Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. Congratulations. I mean, we're pretty unsuccessful at running Breathe, Pray, Worship too right now. Uh, I recently heard a leadership thought 
um, and I think I may have shared it with you earlier, Josh, is this, um, is the idea like stop dabbling and decide, Mm. right? So I, I work a regular job. Shanna works a real job. We're not like professionals in this breathe. This is just something that's birthed out of like, we're supposed to help other people. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're supposed to bring casseroles. Oh man. Right. And so I have, (laughs) we've unsuccessfully been writing a book for three years. Um, right. David successfully has written a book. So yeah, in less than a year, he's my hero right now. Um, it's short. <laughs> yeah, but, but you real. did it. But you, you did it. Yeah. You got it That's published. You like? I'm like, oh man, he is a stud. Um, yeah, scrappy flock of sheep finding now at Amazon.com. <laughs> uh, you know, we we launched. I'm a verbal storyteller, so we thought like, oh, maybe it's just writing that is hard to get like some of the this content out. So I'm going to do videos and and discovered like I'm horrible at video editing. It is long, <laughs> laborious. So you can find us on YouTube and watch some really badly edited videos of me trying to share and encourage and and we haven't figured out how. And I, I in all reality, we're best when we're just sitting with someone. Um, yeah, you know, uh-huh. we're we're at a bar having a beer. We're going for a walk in a park. Yeah. Um, trying to somehow like, oh, we're going to make this, a, you know, a, an official organization. So we got to have content. And I, man, I have just been very unsuccessful. So at getting anybody content. out there well, wants to meet with us in person. Yeah. Right. In, during COVID. We're well, fine with that. I mean, or, I mean, reach your, out. one of your practices is own your shit, right? And, it is. and, uh, and y- you are owning your shit. We're pretty right good now. at that. You, you know, you know what you are. <laughs> we're pretty good yeah. at owning the fact that we are terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at those things. Yeah. We should probably share our practices at some point. Yeah. So yeah. that that's what, so you'd mentioned, Gianna, you mentioned practices. Oh, yes. Um, so talk, a, I'm just, this is fresh on my mind um, because I've just came off this three practice training and with Jim Henderson and Jim Hancock that we had on an earlier episode. Um, but they talked exactly about like these are practices. And so talk a little bit. What are your practices and what's the significance of practices? Um, well, OK, we have six practices and we call them practices because we're constantly working at them. We actually started with like 15 and we had to whittle it down to like six. six. <laughs> yes. Too many. Too many. Yeah. Um, some of them kind of of the 15 were merged into these six. So um, it's do the work, get help, press into God, be present, own your shit, but nothing more, and unfiltered truth with precautions. So I'll break them down a little bit. Um, So do the work is, um, so whether that's, Um, meeting with a counselor, doing um, journaling, um, doing some reading. Um, It looks different from each person. So that's Mm -hmm. where you would have to kind of find what's your work to be doing because each event or work is different. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting help, whether that's professional or meeting with a pastor or meeting with a close confidant. Um, it's kind of, we had multiple people that we met with to get the help that we needed during our 
divorces. Yeah. So my um, story in, the, in those two is, and I, I, we're going to say this again, and this is also taboo in Christian conservative worlds. See a professional counselor. It yeah. is okay to see a psychologist, even a psychiatrist, yeah. right? Bible says, do not be anxious. If you're anxious, don't be anxious. They got drugs for that. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Take I take them. They're meds. great. Right? Like, but there's even that's taboo. And yeah. so yeah. I met with my pastor because of the spiritual peace. And I saw people, why'd God let this happen? They tanked spiritually. And I knew I didn't want to lose that connection to my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also saw a professional counselor mm-hmm. um, because I knew... It you know sometimes oh I, I had a counseling class but like see a professional, and in that realm too like sometimes pastor like there's this oh I'm a Christian counselor no see a professional counselor that may happen to be a Christian to help you out but see a professional counselor yeah we're big fans of it let's lose the taboo piece of it yeah. get the help you need do the work whatever that looks like. I just shitted on people because I told them to go see a professional counselor. I'm mm-hmm. sorry for shitting. No, you didn't tell them they should. You just said do it. It's a must. It's a must. It is a big helpful piece in, um, in getting outside of your circle. It's one thing yeah. to go yeah. with the guys and grab a beer, to go you know, um, get coffee with your girlfriends. Because those are your, those are your people. Like if you want to, you know, talk shit about your ex, your girlfriends are great for that. Yeah. Like that, that feels more you know, like the, the casserole. People. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those, those are going to be your ca- your casserole people. Now they're people. You know? The casserole people. <laughs> the just casserole showed up. people. Sure. <laughs> I love that. But or if you. You know, if you and your wife are having a bad day and you just, you had, or your kids are driving you nuts and you just have to get out of the house, you're going to go grab some beers with your buddies. They're going to be on your side, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For for all the things. But if Except you- Except my buddies, they never, yeah. Stephen and David, you guys never take my side, man. That's true. Josh. It's because you've got good <laughs> Lauren, friends. Lauren's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but if you talk to a professional- they're going to help you see outside mm-hmm. of your circle, outside of your box, give you, ask some probing questions, some questions that suck. And you're going to sit with that for a while. Um, our third practice is press into God. Um, that's, that's a big one for us. Um, it's hard when you're angry. Mm. It's hard when you want to blame him. Um, it's hard when you don't want to get out of bed. That's, I mean, that's reality. It's hard to, to want to drag yourself to, I mean, a church building to want to go worship when you're just pissed and you want to stay in your pajamas and you don't want to go anywhere. Like that's hard, but the Holy spirit will do some crazy things. If you get your butt out of bed, and go to that church building and you're going to hear that song that just takes you to your knees. It's crazy. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a church building at all. I I'm a climber. I, mean, I love the outdoors. Like I've had so many deep conversations with God hanging. Yeah. Off. So there's, uh, he hangs off rocks. That's <laughs> I, fall it's off not, them, I mean, so it's, uh, he hangs off rocks. He falls off rocks. Y'all don't have to go <laughs> do some crazy, stupid things yeah. to, 
to feel the Holy Presence. All there's, right. Like there's there's something, though, that extremists. There's something really there. And I th- I'm thinking of it like one of the steps in AA is, you know, find your higher power. So right. there seems to be something like n- essential ab- about. Yeah, about pursuing it, or like pushing into God and this outside of ourself. Yeah. Um, what, what, and that's, that's, I assume, is gonna, it's gonna look different. Yeah, it's gonna look different for everybody. I mean, there's my, so I haven't found like my place here. And I know I've lived in Portland for a really long time, but we go to Olympia mm. and we drive through downtown by the bay and I have like he dri- he drives me through because I have like the place down by the docks because mm-hmm. down by the water down by the ocean is just my place it's where I always went if I had a good day I went there if I had a bad day I went there like the ocean does something for me um it just changes everything for me mm-hmm. So, um, that's kind of my place to go for my meeting with him. So if you, and like, I mean, yes, we can go to the beach, but I mean, the beach is not just, you know, five minutes from here. So if you have a place that's your place, do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, the spiritual connection piece is really interesting. Like, so many universities now have done studies on like that aspect uh, and, and it's like, Oh, well, it's not Christian and, and I, whatever the spiritual connection is. But uh, even for like the search Institute has one and for kids who are growing up, like a spiritual connection is one of their 40 fundamental assets to uh-huh. that, you know, to what it means to be a productive member of society healing. Like it is just, there's so many case studies Mm -hmm. um, centered around it from non faith entities, just saying there is something we don't know what it is. We're not going to define it for you, but there is something healing restorative about a spiritual connection. Go find yours. Mm. Yeah, that's huge. Um, I, I know uh, USC is one of the most um, uh, diverse spiritually campuses in America, maybe the most, and uh, they have a bunch of different types of chaplains because they value um, like spiritually guiding people, especially in a very transitional piece of their lives. And, you know, I think of hospital chaplains in the same way. Like there's something powerful about... um, uh, spiritual connections and spiritual guides. Yeah. Mm. Um, the next one is be present. Um, that goes two ways. So it means be present with other people. Um, but it also means allow others to be present for you. Mm. So, um, it's hard to let people in when you're hurting. Mm. That can be really challenging. Um, I know it's challenging for me. Um, I like to throw up walls. I like to just, I'm an introvert naturally, but then I like super introvert when I get like anxious or I get hurting. So I just kind of shut in on myself. Um, so it, it means to let others be present for you. 
Um, and then to, to be present with others during your mess, to let them in, to be present for them during their mess. It's, it's kind of this circular thing. Um, so to, to be present and to share that. Yeah. We also talk a lot about being present with your own emotions, right? So sometimes, oh, this sucks as opposed to being present and feeling all the feels we will maybe self-medicate like not help, or, help yeah, you yeah. know, but we or try avoid it. Avoid, yeah. We try to yeah. avoid or escape. And, and one of the challenges, like the only way through it is through it. Like there's, yeah. there's growth and healing. There's a level of self-awareness um, that comes from it, it, the clarity that comes from it. So you have to be present with your emotions also. That's uh, the, you listing the practices. That one struck me because like, wait, no, this, if I'm going through a time in my life, that's maybe one of the most isolating times in my life. Like, wait, you want me to be present for, for others. But that, that idea of allowing others to be present for us um is really really good i like i even i can become an an, uh, introvert you know like if i'm becoming if you notice that i'm becoming an introvert it's because there's some things that i'm i'm locking up you know my wife will notice it she's the one you know who notices it most extreme um but that practice to for myself to notice that and say, Oh, wow. I'm really becoming introspective. I need to open myself up and allow others to be present because we do. I, th- I think by and large, like people want to be present. We, most people like we, we want to care like, and, and I, I want to be there for you. I don't, I don't really know how, and it's awkward. And then when you are, pushing me away, then it's even more awkward. Um, and so when we're in that, just to, yeah, to be willing and, and to practice that, how, I mean, how have you found any practical tips of practicing that, like opening up to others? I mean, not to just, just talk about whatever is, is going on in that moment. Um, whether it's, I mean, it's, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. It's going to be difficult. You can, I mean, for me, it's, it's sharing with my closest person Mm -hmm. and just like, like today owning my shit. Whereas like I snapped because not because I'm actually mad at you. Mm. Like, but because I was anxious, I had, I had shut down. And then when I did react, I reacted super poorly. And, and then it's just opening and just having that like difficult conversation. It was hard for me to come, to come to him and say like, I'm sorry, I had, I'm really anxious about (laughs) this situation and I reacted poorly. And, and it's just having this weird conversation um hopefully the person that you're talking to is going to be receptive Mm -hmm. and welcoming to your awkwardness and to your like whatever's happening and if you did react poorly hopefully they're going to forgive you for that um 
but um, they're going to understand. But just start with your closest person and then go from there. Um, I've created a great little circle around me of people that I know that I can turn to when I'm having really terrible days. Um, and I think that that's important too, to know like, Hey, this is a shitty day. Mm -hmm. I'm really anxious. The world feels like it's crushing me and I need to talk it out or it's going to, Mm -hmm. and then you can talk to those people. Yeah. There's lots of other, like, I know I'm a verbal processor. So when I was going through my divorce, Mm-hmm. Like to keep it all to myself, right? Would have been so. I I created a a private group, and you know, I, super secret lockdown. I told people like I'm gonna say some stuff that probably won't be pretty. This isn't, you know, like <laughs> I mean, I promise it will be real, but it will probably be really ugly at times. Um, and and it was a venting place for me, but I was really strategic and intentional about who I let into that community. That's smart. Um, because there, I mean, it, and not <laughs> everyone could stay. Like it overwhelmed right. some. Like mm-hmm. it, it was too much, and people left. Yeah. Um, and, and others were added, and and that was a really healthy arena for me to process. Um, I remember uh, one point, and, and so even perseverance. If you know someone who's going through a hard time, they are pushing you away. The resiliency. Uh, some of the guys from the climbing gym were like, "Hey." we're, we're on our way to get you and you're going out with us tonight. Mm-hmm. And, and this was like, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock at night. And I was still in bed. I hadn't showered <laughs> maybe for a while. Um, <laughs> cause a different, I mean, I was still in my boxers and, and I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I'm not even dressed. I'm not showering my boxers. And they're like, well, that is your choice. <laughs> we're about 20 minutes away. <laughs> what you choose, right? Like, like, you're coming out in your boxers. <laughs> yeah, like not. put some pants on. Right? Like, yeah, choices. I was like, oh, I should probably shower and put some pants on. Because um, they were, you know, I had, they knew hadn't seen me for a while. I had kind of gone dark and, and, and pulled back. And they were aware enough. Mm. And they're like, you're coming out. And, and I think to be present with people and not talk. Right? I mean, I've sat with somebody for a while, like an hour, and, and I'm present without I'm like, oh, I'm really curious about what's going on. Okay, it's not. I just mm-hmm. just to sit without talking, but to just be present. Uh, there's one point with my cousin. I helped him build. You know, they had got a new like backyard playset for their kids, and so we weren't talking about. We weren't trying to fix the problem, right? We were. I was just building a swing set. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so. Yes, we do the work, and sometimes we're exhausted from doing the work, and I don't want to talk about it. I want to tell the story one more time. Mm. Um, But it is nice to just have somebody there, especially who isn't, like, rattling off the 50 questions, right? Or eh, they're just there. Yeah. Oh, well. The next one's own your shit. Right. You think that's pretty self-explanatory but there is a caveat to this it says but nothing more Mm. so i'm pretty good at penduluming and he reminds me often so i like to take it to extremes so i tend to go on the side of like trying to own everything Mm. so 
I'll take I'll take mine. I'll take yours. I'll take I'll take everybody's stuff. Just give it give it all over to me. That's that's all mine. Um, but so own your shit, but nothing more. So take responsibility for for your your part in whatever it was. Your part in the divorce. Your part in mm-hmm. whatever Being unhealthy, which unhealthy. Led up to the yeah, just sure. just. But don't don't take on the other person's right. Like let them be responsible for their actions or their part in in the divorce. So, um, and don't don't try and and spin it. So like, okay, you know, he was an abusive asshole, but if I had just, you know, done X, Y, and Z, then he wouldn't have. No, 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 no. He was abusive and an asshole. Like yeah. that's, that's yeah. what he was. Like there was no, if I had just, like, that's what he was. And, you know, you, whatever the story was, mm-hmm. but you just own yours. You don't spin it. You don't, yeah. it just is. Yeah. I think one of the things there too, if, if you're taking on stuff that isn't yours and then you start to work on that, like you're putting all this energy, what little bit of energy you have down a path that the, it's not really yours to begin with. Cause things get said too. Like when you're mad at someone like Josh, you're a blah, 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 blah. And I could throw all of these things. And in that, some of that's probably true. You uh-huh. should own some of that, but don't own all of it. And I remember the specific issue that I, I began working on. I was talking with my counselor about because my ex had said something about me that I took as true, right? This is the person I was married to for 18 years. If she says this is going on, I should believe her. And and this is also where it's like get help, talk to people on the outside because it took others – to go, you know what, Stephen, you've said this a couple times, but I have to tell you, I don't see that in you. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that in you. In fact, here's what I think. And so I had to sit and, and literally on this one, like I created a list. What is everything that I'm hearing about myself or believe about myself? And I, I basically made three columns in the middle. Like I made this whole list, right? I'm joyless. I'm this. I'm boom, boom, boom. And I, on each side, there was like, okay, this is true and I need to own it. This is not true. This is not my truth. This is someone else's. Mm. This is your issue to own and I'm no longer going to carry it. But but going through that process, then I had a pretty good list like, oh, here are things I need to own. Here are things I need to work on if I'm going to be healthy. Um, but I didn't waste my time and energy working on stuff that wasn't mine to own. Mm. But it took a while to figure that out. It took people speaking into my life because self-aware only goes so far. Like, oh, I think I live out these values and everyone else around you're like, no, you don't. Like, you know, like there people can see the, this other side. So figuring out what is ours and what isn't is is hard. And I this is one I don't think you can do it on your own. Maybe there's like this amazing, fully self-aware person out there who could do it. But I don't think that's something you can actually do on your own you're going to have to invite people in the process. Right. And, and we have kind of this pressure anyway in life to take on stuff that isn't ours. Either other people give it to us. Right. They, they, I mean, that happens all the freaking time with like every situation. Um, people try to make us own something that isn't ours, like take ownership for something that we frankly didn't do. Or whatever. And then we also are trying to 
not own what is ours <laughs> like that. Yeah. Both of those things happen and they happen really often. And so um, I love that you're looking at both sides of the thing. Like we yeah. always in life have something that we need to own and can work on. Right. Yeah. That's always. A, we were just having a conversation um, about, I forget trying to locate it just about an individual the other day about that, where it was like, it was hard to like, Oh no, like you, you shouldn't own that. You know, like um, a a classic example is like a spouse having an affair and we're like the, and then, and then the other spouse saying, Oh, if I like, I should have, I, I, I messed up in this way. Right. And I would always, always say, no yeah like so and so cheated on you that is on them and i i just want to shut down entirely yeah the argument it's actually uh it's from a book that we both read um so oh, that's right someone who yeah. uh we we both read a book that's really great called benefit of the debt and um uh it's it's a lady who um uh found out her husband's addiction to porn and she started like it it was kind of her process on uh working on herself beyond not like physically it's not it's not that kind of a situation but like um some stuff that was brewing underneath that she hadn't realized about herself and her whole spiritual journey in that um and the whole time I was reading that book, I was pissed. I was like, no, you don't need to write this. You don't need to do anything. This is not yours. And I, I was just, I was like furious. Um, even though it's her freaking story. <laughs> like right? It's her story. She can like, she like, felt that she needed to work on herself for these things what like who am i to come in and be like that's that's not yours um but like god was putting something on her that that she wanted to work on that's that's her shit she's owning but at no point in the book did she say i'm responsible for my husband's issues. Like it it was her taking on something while also putting the, the shit that was not hers, like leaving that to her her husband. husband. It was, it was really, really fascinating. Um, and, but, but it was, it was just an interesting conversation. Josh and I were having about like me trying to put everything, um, on, on one party. And so, yeah, like yeah. I, I really love this idea of owning your own shit, but not taking all of it. Right. And right. we tend, we tend to be extremists too. So how often have you heard people say like, oh, it's all my fault Yeah. or victim side of, oh, it's all their fault. <laughs> I had nothing wrong with them. They, you know what? Like, and, and we do, right? Like it's, it's either all their yeah. fault or He's it's all mean. my fault. And interestingly, I do both of those usually. <laughs> like, right. I and so blame other people and me. So, yeah, you know, I, my, my ex chose to leave and she, I was fighting for her to come like, let's do counseling together. And she even refused to do that. 
And so I could have totally spun this story of it was all her, like it was her choice. I was fighting for the marriage. I wanted to do counseling. Mm -hmm. Look at me. I'm the saint. I'm, I'm doing everything godly. Uh, I'm, you know, but the reality is I, I was still there and in that relationship. And there was things about me that I needed to work on that led up to discontent. Right. And so, but I'm never going to get healthy if I'm like, it's all her fault. Mm. Right. And yeah. so, uh, and I'm ne probably never going to get healthy if it's all my fault. Cause I'm never going to actually get to the real issues that I need to be working on. I'm going to be working on all these things that are, you know, false. So. Yeah. I'm not supposed to be talking a lot, by the way. No, it's, I mean, fine. Yeah. Like I, I kind of, I, I put Steven and Josh in a room and say, all right, you two aren't supposed to talk. <laughs> Never going to happen. Um, the last one, um, is called unfiltered truth with mm. precautions. Wait, the precautions feels like it's filtered. No, I was just gonna say that. No, so this is we we this is one where we mush several things into one, yes. and we really struggled with how do we get this down to yeah. like the succinct practice. I like so, it. um, so what it comes down to is we believe in sharing your story, right? Sharing your sharing your struggles, sharing. But this is what it comes down to where he was talking about his his group and sharing with people. There are some people who are not going to be ready for your story. Yeah. yeah. There are going to be some people who can't handle it, yeah. um, who don't want to know all of the things. Um, or and are going to be traumatized or, by yeah. it. Yeah. Because just, of past experience. Because they, they, they just, they can't. So... That's where the precautions comes in. It's not because it needs your story needs to be filtered. Who you share it with needs, needs to, be to be filtered. filtered. That's good. Um, it's it's the choose your audience. Um, just like I do have some favorite words, Joshua, <laughs> but I choose my audience. Um, it's, it's not the same words. It's just one word. Okay, but it's one <laughs> word. But I choose my audience. All right. That's that's really good. So last last episode we had AJ Soboda on and he just released a book called After Doubt and talking about the deconstruction of our faith and um and then and David shared and opened up, you know, like as a pastor when you're struggling and deconstructing like your own faith, like what what how vulnerable are you, you know, and Soboda pointed out he's like that's you have to do that. Like, and that's okay to, to be open and to be unfiltered, but probably not from the pulpit every Sunday. Um, maybe any Sunday or maybe like, any, yeah. any Sunday. Yeah. Right. Like knowing your audience and knowing right. that like, um, all right, I've got things that I, that are just burning inside me, but the world doesn't need to know that, you know, mm -hmm. and it does it. I don't need to like air out my dirty laundry. I'm notorious for oversharing. Yeah. Right. Me and you both. Um, well, so one of the other things well, we talk about yeah. too, is like, like be vulnerable and transparent, but there's a difference between like, like my church needed to know as I was being resigned. Cause you don't actually, we don't fire pastors. We give them an opportunity to resign. Force them to resign. Yeah. Um, yeah. So 
but I, I was transparent. Like I'm going through stuff. My, these are my people and they need to know. And so this transparency, but they don't need to know all the details. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, so that's the line of like, I, I'm not hiding anything. I want to be transparent. I think there's healing and being authentic. Um, I, you know, I'm a verbal processor and I wear my emotions on my sleeve. Like there's not much going to be hidden from me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that's that, true. That, right. It doesn't <laughs> mean that, that everyone needs to know details. And right. so even to a certain degree, like I was really upset, but I, with my ex and, and mad, but I'm not going to like throw her under the bus and not everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is what's going on. She's chosen to leave, blah, you know, here's what I'm doing for myself, you know, health and seeing counselor. Here's the progress. And then the girlfriend showed up and then Shiana showed up (laughs) and used voodoo magic on me. Uh, (laughs) She just looked at you. She does have voodoo magic though with that look. (laughs) She's got the look. (laughs) No, there's no singing. Um, I, I, I thought a lot about this too. This is, uh, this is good practice anyway for life. Um, what, the voodoo uh, magic look. No, I mean, maybe, maybe, um, but, uh, the, the like completely honest thing, but choosing your audience. I, um, I, I keep going back to the fact that throughout scripture you have um you have a similar refrain of not causing others to stumble you see that happen um mm. proverbs some of the letters near the uh in the end of the new testament you have this idea of not causing others to stumble i've been semi open with um uh having suicidal thoughts at times um, because it's just, it's a part of my story, but I, like I, I found, um, details are not only a big turnoff, but, um, really like hard and triggering mm. for not only some people, most people, yeah. um, <laughs> And that's, and that's fine. Maybe I need a process, but it's also not good form if I get better because I processed, but I hurt someone else in the process. Right, stepping on me. Like that's me tearing someone down in order to like give myself an emotional help. And so, um, so I think there's something to be said for being, being careful about just letting everything free yeah. onto everyone. So one of the, the things we discovered um, and, and the value of authenticity is that if, if you don't share enough and people start like the rumor, oh, yeah, I heard Stephen's going to it, right? Mm-hmm. So when in that darkness or in that absence of truth, people will either insert their biggest sure. fear, right? So, oh, Stephen's going through, but we don't know details. So this is what must be happening. And we, we, I had some of that people have figured like really bad things were going on with my kids because that was their deepest fear. Um, and, and in the absence of truth, they will insert their, either their biggest fear or their biggest hurt. 
Oh, that's so This is what happened to me. This is what I haven't shared about my story. And therefore, this must be what's going on in their world. Um, and so, wow. so unf- like, again, you don't need to know the details, but no, Stephen isn't going after I, I here's the deal. <laughs> me and Ruth separated. We're going through, you know, da, da, like share, share enough that like the story doesn't become crazy. Right. Sure. Yeah. That's, when that's you keep really things hidden, yeah. like there's, there's not a lot of good examples anywhere of like. Good things happening People when you're keeping assuming things the hidden. Best. Yeah, <laughs> you, you just you don't. No one assumes that, the no, best. No, nobody assumes the best. The story doesn't get spun in a good way. I think there are a few gems that they just assume the best. Really? I think I can't think of one person who would who we, would. So I would like, like you to have some good examples. Because when, when right we now. sit when we sit alone, you know, our minds wander and we'll spin a little yeah. story into a huge probably story. Probably like that's just two human. or three year olds, like very young kids. Maybe hmm. some yeah. of them. My child again. Yes, yes, I don't. I think it could be a good experience. practice. We have one of our core values for BPM is. As we deal with our staff, the way we're going to interact with each other is we're going to, we're committed, and we don't always do this, we're committed to assuming the best. So one of the staff doesn't follow through on something they were supposed to follow through on, I could immediately assume the worst. Well, they're just lazy, they just hate me, they want to set me up for failure. All true. Um, or we're going to, we're going to assume the best, right? Things happen, but like, it has to be a core value as an organization because individually you're not assuming the best. And, and but we're committed to practicing this value and trying to live it out. Um, Oh dude, that's so good. All right. You want to try to land the ship? (laughs) (laughs) No, this is like really good. Like we let's let Shannon, would you just read the practices? Yeah. Cause we, we kind of stopped and we went everywhere, but just so it's a sync. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. So the practices again are do the work, get help, press into God, be present, own your shit, but nothing more, unfiltered truth with precautions. Mm. All so good. And um, I just, I, I want to say, reiterate once again, I've told this to you both many, many times, but I think what you're doing is so needed yeah. for the church and for the world today. I think um, there are possibly non- faith affiliated groups who are doing the kinds of things that you two are doing, but I don't, I can't think of one instance I've ever heard of the church helping and supporting people going through severe trauma, mostly um, related to divorce because it's so taboo. And um, you're, you're taking a little of the taboo out of it. And I think that's so needed, so necessary. And I'm, I'm really appreciative of it. And, and I think it's really good work. And I, yeah. Um, I, I hope to see it catch on, catch fire, um, around the country. I think it'd help if we finished a book. Yeah. You can. Uh, I am working on a blog right now, too. You're talking about that the brokenness pieces. I'm working on a blog right now called Normalizing Brokenness and just the idea that if it becomes normal, because I think, too, like individuals has a shock factor. If it's so taboo and you're going through something taboo next to me and I'm shocked, 
I'm not in a position to respond, right? Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're so reactive to taboo things in the church. But if somehow we normalized brokenness and we prepared people to respond to brokenness because we're not shocked, instead of reacting, then the church has a shot of becoming a place of healing again. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so good. That's so good. Um, Yeah, I think about, God, when someone goes through something uh, that causes severe brokenness, something like a divorce, they need the church then a lot more then I need the church then. So why is the church latching on to me and not that person? And quite frankly, the church needs them more than they need someone like me in that moment. They need to, um, to be like in and exposed to the, the inner workings of that person's life. And it's, it's crazy to me that we don't, do that, don't know how to do that, and don't want to do that. Like, it's crazy to me. It's insane. So I'm I'm really glad for it's what you're same, doing. It's the same way the shiny, pretty, pretty people get more attention. Yeah. Then, is I that mean, why Steven and I get attention? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're so cute. Wait, is this I mean, where I get to say, hey, baby? <laughs> no, dang it. See, um, that was better. I it, mean, <laughs> nice and deep. <laughs> oh. Somebody help me. Um, I just. So sorry. It's, <laughs> but it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, sh- I struggle with the shouldn't, but it shouldn't be because. It's the, it's easier. Pretty is easier mm-hmm. because yeah. there's not as much work and work is hard. Right. So as my story started to come out in the church and people realized like I was the broken pastor, right? All of a sudden there are people in the church who had been part of the church for a while coming up and, and they were also becoming truthful, authentic. Mm, wow and looking for deeper health, like wives, like, Hey, my husband's an alcoholic. We've been keeping it, you know, under wraps, but I'm scared it's going to destroy our family. Mm. And, and until I was transparent with my broken story, Mm. she didn't have the ability to find voice or words, but now that I was safe, right? Because I wasn't pretty. So one of the things we say a lot is hurt people don't trust pretty. Mm. Right. And, but the pastor stands up, you know, shiny, you know, in the pulpit or whatever. I mean, you know, the image and not all churches and all of that. Like there are some people who are like, Oh, I have a great church. We're very general generic phrases here. Um, but a lot of times really hurt people don't trust pretty. They aren't going to come and be vulnerable with the pretty people. They become vulnerable with other broken people. And so, again, if we normalize brokenness, then things can come to the surface. People can get the help they need. They can get the support they need. Um, And that's just one. I mean, there was was people dealing with suicide, and all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. they've been in the men's group for a long time, showed up to help set up at every event we ever did. And and all of a sudden, like, Mm -hmm. now you're willing to come forward and say that you're struggling with some mental health stuff, where before, you thought you had to hide that in the church. Yeah. I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure... We've all seen it on social media where everybody's, you post the, you post the good pictures. People Mm -hmm. post the good pictures. Yeah. 
all of a sudden, one mom or someone posts the shit day that they had, mm-hmm. right? And it's just everything's gone to hell. Mm-hmm. And that thing blows up. Because every other mom comes out of the woodwork and goes, finally, somebody decided to post what my every freaking day looks like. Yeah. And it's like, you just get the gumption to put it out there in the world and say like, hey, today freaking sucked. And everybody else goes, I had a shitty day too. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's normal. All of the picture perfect, oh, we took 7,000 pictures to get the one good one. That's not normal, y'all. Right. Like. Every once in a while, I like to post a picture of, like, the dirty laundry basket. And just, like, keeping it real. (laughs) Yeah. Right? I I mean. I have dirty underwear just like you. Right? Like, and I I don't know why I feel like reiterating this, but, like, it's, again, not, not that we're advocating just to like to stay messed up you know like there's no. still that healthy there but but we can't get there without we like we, without brokenness and there's actually like i think there's a beauty and there's a pretty in brokenness too that we we come to acknowledge and realize i mean look the gospel message is we serve a god who died brutally on a cross there's nothing, nothing pretty about that at all. Right. And that's what we're invited to emulate and model. Um, and we still don't get it. You know, like we, we still, I don't know. We like the resurrection because it's, but even in the resurrection, you've got, you know, Jesus nail scarred hands. Like there's still scars. Well, Um, there's the song, I think it's 10th Avenue North worn that just wrecked me going through my divorce. mm -hmm. Right. And it's, there's the line, tell me that redemption wins. And early on, right. So this is through brokenness, through the healing process and into healthy. Like for me early on, like tell me redemption wins. Like that was the desperate plea. Like I was drowning, like, like tell me redemption wins. Right. And then as I'm into this healthy stage, like, cause I do believe in redemption, right? God can take all of our broken, messed up story. Like look at the Bible, right? I mean, it's there. Like, and, and so then it became more of like a proclamation. Like I'm, I'm in the midst of this healing process and it's like, man, tell me that redemption wins. And then as we get into healthy and I do think overall, like, yes, we're going to counseling again. Like we're healthy. I'm, I have a much better life. I never would have chose divorce, but I think I'm healthier mm-hmm. than I was before. And, and then it becomes worship, right? Mm-hmm. Tell me redemption wins. That's a proclamation. I'm celebrating that thing. Yeah. Right. And, and the whole reason we do this is because we do believe healthy is, is out there for people. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live broken or in a continual state. Oh, I'm still working on things. I'm still working on things. Like there is healthy is a thing. We don't use the word healed, right? Cause mm-hmm. we're not, we're not, woo, we arrived. We're done. We don't ever have to go to counseling again. Right. We very intentionally, we're healthy, but not healed. It's mm-hmm. still a journey. Um, and, and we're on the road to it and we want to help and encourage other people. Well, how can people yeah, get how connected can people with find you? you online? Um, if people are hurting and they want somebody to talk to breathe, pray, worship has a website. Yes. Breathe, pray, worship.com. Okay. We got it.com. On... Um, uh, and Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, 
Uh, we do have the YouTube channel if you want to watch bad videos. <laughs> um, a couple of them, they're getting better. So if you watch the first one and then like, you, okay, well, he's at least getting better. Yeah, um, yeah. They're not they're not healed videos, but they're healthy. They're yeah. They're <laughs> it's a journey, it's, man. It's process, not perfection. That's that's yeah. there you go. classic the, therapy language. We we do have a blog on the website too, and so that kind of um, Shanna's written some great stuff there, and and I would love again. I I would love to. Say, we post a new blog every week. That's a lie. It it comes in spurts and goes and. And life gets in the way, but it's there. And then we also have, uh, you know, on the website, there's just, it has our practices listed out with a little bit more of a definition to it too. So like if people want clarity there. And then if I want to get a tattoo of, with the breathe, pray, worship. Uh, Lombard street, uh, <laughs> tattoo right down here. They, they did our tattoos. Yeah. yeah. Um, you could uh, come with me. Yeah. Steven and Shiana get a, um, you have to pay a $50 copyright fee for using breathe pray worship true we are yes. trademarked we yes. are trademarked registered trademark are you actually we are, yeah, are we, we are, are actually registered trademarked <laughs> okay so well then yeah yeah for real give them some money and they'll let you get a tattoo um, <laughs> say breathe pray worship but w-u-r we're gonna worship down here and then and then you're good then you're good um, and then if you're listening to this in like 2023, you can pick up their book. Um, <laughs> wow. It's going to be done before then. 2022. Here's, <laughs> I would love to like in my brain, like all the business side, like if we were able to launch it on black Friday. Oh yeah. That'd be rad. Like which. Ooh, setting up goals. Well, I mean, yeah, you do. You've even got a few extra days because I mean, Cyber Monday like would be your real. Yeah, he's, you're talking 2022, yeah. right? Nah, he said nah, Black bro. Friday. He didn't. He didn't give a year. <laughs> nah, he's setting cool. up goals. It's cool. And and oh, if man. you we tried to just, set up goals, last just write year as merging write as much as you can, and then when you get toward Black Friday, just write breathe, pray, worship. Part one. <laughs> put it Healthy, out. not healed. This will have the first, wow. like, you'll explain the first two practices, and it'll just be part one of the trilogy or, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do good. this. Well, you're good. This. Well, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate you both. And thank you to all of our six listeners who yeah. tuned in. Yeah. We our failures. Really appreciate we appreciate you. you. Oh, that's right. We were going to call... Yeah, we we call our listeners our failures because <laughs> <laughs> um, we're bad at marketing. That's our that's our people. Yeah, that's our brand. We we have a bunch of failures oh. to listen to us. Yeah, so. our our next our next guest is going to be actually Stephen's coworker. Oh yeah, Lex is coming, huh? That's so, right. Um, yeah. Well, for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David. And I'm the other guy, and also we'll, known as Josh, the guy who talks a lot. It's the worst outro ever. <laughs> we will we will see you next time. Steven didn't interrupt me out.